0: Over the
1: skies of a post-Christian society, we have spotted a man with a donut in one hand and rosary beads in another. Child, I'm about to whoop Satan's behind. He is boldly proclaiming truth and reason like no rigid Catholic ever has before. The David L. Gray Show begins now.
0: Welcome in to the David L. Grace Show, voicing truth and reason on the Guadalupe Radio Network, which is radio for your soul. And we begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh my Jesus, forgive us of our sins, save us from the fires of hell, and lead all souls to heaven, especially those most need thy mercy. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. St. Dominic Guzman, pray for us. Venerable Father Gustav Tolson, pray for us. So what are we talking about today? Well, starting with the baptism of our Lord on Sunday following the Feast of the Epiphany, we enter into what is called Ordinary Time it's our um, on our liturgical calendar. It's that time of year when we do not seem to be preparing for anything in particular because Ordinary Time falls outside of the liturgical seasons. But ordinary time is one of the most important liturgical seasons, I believe. So I'm gonna offer a short reflection on its meaning, its importance, and give you some tools to work on during ordinary time here before Easter and after Easter. So, and then starting at about the 20 minute mark, Father Brian Lynch of Transfiguration Catholic Church in Oakdale. Minnesota. He's going to come on and give us his thoughts uh, on the year it's been since his viral homily back in January of last year. Uh, He had this viral homily that just went went everywhere, and he was talking about the vicious betrayal that gave us Joe Biden. So we're going to be talking about that, also talking about his faith journey from a scientist to a priest, and how he thinks the Supreme Court will weigh in on the mississippi's 15-week abortion ban and we're also going to maybe talk about the fruits of protestantism five years later so that's today's show and as always i appreciate you being here thanks for welcoming me into your your car ride home or or wherever you're at and so yeah let's start the show Sissel. Sissel's here how's it going Sissel?
2: it is going pretty well david how's it going for you
0: excellent most excellent i was up in uh, cleveland i went to the march for life i spoke at the march oh, for wonderful. life in cleveland over the weekend and um, I, I saw snow for the first time so that was fun
2: that's cool we had snow during our uh, march for life here in dallas uh, as well although I actually didn't end up at the March because the bus that was supposed to pick me up at my parish never showed up so uh, I had to I prayed from home that day. <laughs> uh, a little wow. bit a little bit of chaos but a lot of prayers from home but we did get a few sprinkles a Texas style snow of a few sprinkles um, in the middle of the day which you know only would happen on a day you're marching in a very windy city and <laughs> uh-huh,
0: uh-huh, yeah so but it was a, it was a nice turnout
2: Yeah, it was a decent turnout considering the weather. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I know. I know. A few weeks ago, uh, I think we were talking about some. You know, what we're watching on TV now, what we're reading. I was telling you about. You know, I was thinking about how much I love K dramas, and y'all know you like K dramas too. And we were talking about that, so I wanted to give you an update on my beloved summer because I know you haven't watched it yet, but I'm not going to give you any spoilers. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so this is a Korean drama. Um, I love those. It's on Netflix. I think that's where you can find. That's where I find it at. So, my beloved summer. So, we have two episodes left, siso. and we're, we're to, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're to the point where oh man, I don't want this to end because <laughs> it's so good. And I think it's going to be one of those ones. I think we're going to look back and say this is this is up there with Crash Landing on You. I really believe it <laughs> oh, is. Wow. Yeah. So, it's it's but it's a lot more. You know how Crash Landing on You had a lot of different storylines, but not too many. Mm-hmm. You know maybe primarily three, but this one has a lot more little storylines other than the main track, but they're not, it doesn't become overwhelming because they sort of develop the story storylines with the other characters. And so there's a lot of character death here. There's always something new unfolding. And, but so the, what I like about the primary love story, I guess all of them that's going on, is that it's like, The issue is that the story. Okay, here's the issue that people run away from love, or they they sabotage relationships when they don't believe that they're worthy of the other person's love, right? Mm. And and so there's something we could say theologically about that, about people's relationship with God, right? So, and also you're going to be shocked by this. We're all these episodes in, I guess, fourteen episodes in, and there hasn't been one destiny flashback yet what? There, there's no, yeah yeah no destiny flashbacks so i don't know it's going to happen yeah exactly exactly so it, it still may happen but no none of these destiny flashbacks yet so that's really so, funny yeah. yeah
2: yeah. that's amazing yeah. i need to, i keep forgetting i forgot that that was the name of the one that you're watching and now i need to, i just need to go to my netflix and add that to my list of ones <laughs> to watch it gets such high praise
0: yeah what are you uh what are you watching right now Uh, let's see
2: yeah i'm i'm always watching something i think so one of the k-dramas i just finished recently was my hollow love i think that's what it's called yes it was an interesting one it involved like a, a an ai um and wow. which was which was has some interesting themes in it you know uh, but i think ultimately i was uh, worried that they were going to go with the whole idea like yes you can 100 percent fall in love with someone thing is re- not real and i was like uh, that's a little problematic uh but they did ultimately realize that that wasn't a good idea and i'm like that's good as long as we stayed on that side of the line but it was cute uh and i you know i i just started uh one just last night um uh, I honestly, I feel like it had a really complicated name. That's a problem with K-drama sometimes is that the names you're trying to remember. I think it, it was a something like Soul La Do Do. It's a musical like ah, themed one, and so okay, it's okay. about a pianist. So um, that one was pretty good. But one I don't think I ever mentioned the first time we talked about this, David, that I really, really, really liked is the one that I also didn't want to end was when the Kamala blooms i don't know if you've seen that one
0: no you said when a comet blooms no
2: the, com- the i think i might be saying it wrong the kamaluk uh, it's a flower oh, camellia okay, no maybe okay. it's camellia I might okay be but it's, it's, but it's not talking
0: about the vice president no. okay all right so <laughs>
2: i think the thing is i think with their accent they said it a very certain way and i yeah. think i might be saying it like them but i think it might be uh, for us it might be uh camellia but yeah, okay. but it, yes, it's a, it's a very good one about, um, uh, there's like, it's got all the drama you need. You got us, the single mom, you've got the a serial killer, you know, you've got everything, Ooh. a police officer. Ooh. What Ooh. more could you possibly need? Yeah. I just wrote
0: that down. <laughs> yeah. I'm on that one.
2: Yes. It's really cute. It's really, really
0: cute. <laughs> so. <laughs> that sounds like some good stuff right there. Yeah, Man. definitely. So we have about what, six more days left in the raffle.
2: No, he's still got more time than that. They've got till f- the last day of our raffle is February 21st, 1st, 2nd. As soon as I said that, I hesitated. So they got a little bit of time to still buy okay. your tickets. If you haven't gotten your tickets for the 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250, go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle, and you can buy them there. They're one for $25 or five for 100 And it's all to support the Guadalupe Radio Network during the first couple months of the year.
0: All right. And if you heard about the raffle on this show or if you saw it on my social media and you won, um, I need you to drive to St. Louis um, and give me a ride. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's what I tell people every time that they are buying tickets from me. They're like, oh, this is the winning ticket, right? And I was like, well, yes, of course. Now, of course, when you win, I do would like to go get ice cream with you, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Please. <laughs>
0: Do we know what um, you and Dave Palmer are going to be talking about, and the other co-hosts are going to be talking about on Back to the Father this week?
2: Yes, so we're going to be talking about natural law, which we have talked about a bit in the past. Mostly we were talking about all the different types of law that St. Thomas outlines in the Summa, Um, but Dave was noticing that it seems like a lot of people right now really want to be discussing natural law. So uh, that is what we're going to be doing this Friday at 2 p.m. on our social media platforms.
0: Yeah, that's good. And Christine Vaughn, she um she chimes in on the um on the YouTube live streams and says, um, I would love to win that. Car.
2: I will put so. the link in your in the comments so she can get a direct access to it. <laughs>
0: yeah, because I think you can get like five tickets for like a hundred dollars. Yes, right?
2: five for a hundred. It's very very popular. You're basically getting one uh, ticket uh, for free there with that deal. Yeah. So
0: yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Indeed.
2: All right, thanks, Sisal. Of course. So
0: make sure you um. Make sure you like Guadalupe Radio Network on all the social media platforms. And like I said, tune in to Back to the Father. It's on every Friday at 2 p.m. on the streaming platform. So tune in there. And I just thank you again for, for allowing us to come into your, your life at this moment, especially on this show. This is the David L. Gray Show, voicing truth and reason on the Guadalupe Radio Network, which is radio for your soul. A good reflection on on the liturgical seasons that we we call the um, ordinary time, I think I think it must begin with an explanation of the term itself, right? And, And the first term is rather simple. We call it ordinary, because it's ordered from the Latin ordinalis, meaning series, right. And so these are the weeks of our liturgical calendar that fall outside of the seasons of Advent, Christmas, Lent, and Easter. Um and so is is ordinary time is is going to have either 33 or 34 weeks depending upon where Sunday falls for advent the first sunday falls in advent so so it's not ordinary time because it's dry or uncomplicated or or plain jane on the contrary it's ordinary time because it's ordered right see how, see, see what we did there with that word right. so so but what is being ordered here? Right? Well, time is being ordered? And now that we have answered the questions of, of when and, and what is ordinary time, it, it would be easy from here just to jump into the questions of well, why is ordinary time being ordered or or even to dive deeper into the question of how is ordinary time being ordered? Rather, I find that the only substantive matter by which we can even begin to answer those questions is first by answering the question of who, right? Not in who is ordering time or rather, but rather who is time, right? Or who does time belong to? Only then by answering those questions, which relate to the primordial questions of who am I, how did I get here, where am I going? Can we then have any hope of understanding the the profundity of the answers of why and how? Here's one reflection. In the book, Spirit of the Liturgy, and in his chapter called Time and Space in the Liturgy, Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger writes, All time is God's time. That's quote unquote. Quote, all time is God's time unquote. All time is God's time. And we can reword that also to say that all time belongs to God. Therefore, all time is ordered to God, and God who is eternal, and for outside of time and space. That is God in himself, God contains all time in himself. We might also say that God, being the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, has created a space that is in between time, a type of between time. And I think we like to talk about that sometimes, don't we? Like when we're, we're currently one place, and later on we, we had like had plans to go to another place, and someone might ask us, "Well, what are you going to be doing in the meantime?" All right? And we used to say, I don't know. And we start listening to litany of things we might do. Well, I might go here, I might do that. I I might do this or that. I might accomplish this. So we, we have something we always must do in the meantime. So that's how we think of think of ordinary time in between the seasons, right? So we're always on the way to something, it's always a journey. So the meantime defines both our existence. And is a fitting way to speak of ordinary time. Here's a second reflection. The liturgy of Catholic Mass has a phenomenal way to explain and answer the questions of who, in regarding to time. Perhaps the liturgies that are older than the Novus Order did it better, in but they definitely did it differently. But we can we can consider here both for a moment. Being that God is the author and owner of time, yet eternal, the liberty of the mass is is caught in in three different times: historical time, immediate time, and future time, all in the eternality of God. In history, we would say that through the readings of scriptures, God's love story for His people, where it, it, it transports us through salvation history and places us. Historically, at the cross of Calvary, the crucifixion of Christ Jesus 2,000 years ago. During the communion rite, we're talking about immediate time, during the communion rite, the liturgy places us immediately, immediately in the presence of Christ who comes again. And in the processions, in around the altar and to the altar, I would say that the liturgy draws us into the participation in the processions and the offerings and, and the communions that God has always had with his people. So in this way, the liturgy, the liturgy encompasses all of time. The liturgy is the Passover event of the Jews, it's the, the resurrection event, and it's the communion of saints, it's the history, the immediate, and the future. The physicality of the new day in Christ, I think, was much better realized in the older liturgical rites, you know, as we face the East, right? The orientation of the whole people of God towards Calvary. In a new rite, the priest may be obstructing that recognition of time, right? The the, the immediacy of the sun rising in the East as the Son of God rose. But If we might recognize a priest as one who is in persona Christi, we we can see him. We can see Christ in him who who speaks to us face to face as the priest does in Norvis Ordo, as if we were worthy of such face to face communication. But we can consider that. Here's one more reflection. That I'd like to offer on the concept of time and the who the question of who. And this will be probably the most important one that I have for you today. The Gospel of John, I find, is big on the question of time. If you read John, John is always marking his dates. He's like, Oh, is this day? Is that day? So time is essential to John, as essential as, as it is to the first chapter of Genesis, which John, in fact, tries to retell in his own way through this this new way of language when he keeps saying he says three times, he says, on the next day on the next day, on the next next day. And then he gets to the third day, and, th- and then and the next thing he says after the, the third time he says that, he says, and then on the third day, which, you know, you add three plus three, which, you know, he didn't include this first day. So for, for John, when he says on the third day, he's actually talking about day seven. So he does this play on Genesis. But the gospel of John is divided into four movements. It's the prologue. Then there's the book of signs. It is so-called. And that's from chapters 1 through 12. Then there's the Book of Glory from chapter 13 through 20. And the conclusion in the epilogue from the middle chapter 20 to 21. So what does the structure of the Gospel of John tell us about ordinary time? Well, first, it tells us something about our liturgical seasons. In the Book of Signs, chapters 1 through 12, it contains seven Jewish feasts that Jesus attended and on or near those seven feasts, he performed seven signs. So it's always around a special time of feast in the Jewish liturgical calendar that God gave us a unique set of blessings and graces from water to wine, the the three healings, the the miracles of loaves and fishes, the walking on water, raising Lazarus from the dead were all signs associated with feast days in a liturgical calendar, okay? The special seasons, okay? So so there's much to consider there, but not for now. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll maybe do that another time. But let's consider ordinary time, what John has to say about that. So John, I think John has something to say about ordinary time outside of the liturgical seasons in his second movement, the Book of Glory. So as the book of signs is teaching us dependency on the Lord, so signified by uh, five of the I am statements, which we spoke about a few weeks ago. The book of glory is teaching us how to follow Jesus to Calvary. So signified by two of the I am statements that point to how we ought to follow him. The first I am there in the book of glory is I am the way, the life and the truth. The second is I am the true vine abide in me. So this movement in John also include the teachings on service, the service of other washing feet, his revelation about the Father, his teachings on the paraclete, the Holy Spirit to come to us, teachings on prayer, follow him to the cross and giving his mother to us. So ordinary time is a special time for discipleship and transformation. And if you want to know more about what discipleship and transformation looks like, study chapters 13 through 21 in John, this ordinary time, and and do not forsake Mary, who Jesus gives to us as the final gift of John's ordinary time theological calendar. And so here's the last thing I'll say about ordinary time, then we'll go to a, a short break and bring on Father Brian Lynch. So, the last thing i want you to be aware of is is i think sometimes you'll meet people some of these weird people i don't know where they come from who but they deny that time is real right they'll say oh it's just a human construct time isn't real some of them even refuse to count their age you ask them how old they are i don't know i don't believe in time so these people they're not denying time what they're doing they're denying reality of the realm that they're in which is natural right now, if you chop down a tree, a tree has rings, right? It, it tells you how old it is. Sedimentary rock. Cut into one of those. The rock tell you how old it is, right? That's evidence of time. You, you cannot deny the reality of time and then rely on carbon dating as your evidence of how old something might be. Right? Don't, don't be like those people. They're idiots. Be aware of time. Now, on the other hand, the Freemasons, they would teach their initiates to use a, a 24-inch gauge to measure their day. Just say, well, you use eight hours for labor, eight hours for refreshment, and are hours for rest. That's how you divide their day. So whereas the former person denied the reality of the natural necessity of time, the Freemasons denied the reality of the divine necessity of time, right? There's no God in that calculation. So I would tell you, so I, I, I probably would like to tell you, don't be like a Freemason, but most people are already like them, right? They're aware of time, but they act like time belongs to them. As if, if they, if as if time is theirs to manage however they want to, without any recognition that God is both the author and finisher of our time. What an egotistical existence. So aside from reading the John's Book of Glory, This Ordinary Time, before and after Easter, make sure you also change something in your home to reflect whatever liturgical season that you're in. It could be something major like a, a curtain, right? Uh, something minor like candles. You, you should have something green in your house right now, the color of growth, to reflect the type of growth you hope to make during our ordinary time this year. So that's all I know about that. Right after the break, Father Brian Lynch from Transfiguration Catholic Church in Oakdale, Minnesota comes on to give us his thoughts a year after his viral homily. And this is the David L. Gray Show, Voicing Truth and reason on the Guadalupe Radio Network which is Radio for You so
1: Between now and February 21st, the GRN is raffling off a 2022 GLA 250 in Midnight Black. And this sweet beauty of a car can be all yours by going to grnonline.com and purchasing five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. All proceeds support Catholic Radio on the GRN. Now that's a deal that's all right, all right, all right. Did you know that you are ministering to those who are imprisoned? Almost every one of our stations reaches some type of correctional institution. Since first going on the air in July 2000, the GRN has heard back from many prisoners about our life-changing programming. One federal inmate wrote, The GRN is able to provide us with answers, knowledge, wisdom, and most importantly, the peace we all need. With the help of the GRN, former gang members have come back to the church and have become some of the most loving and caring people in the compound. He went on to say, the GRN has helped fellow inmates reconnect with families and have saved marriages. Without the GRN, it would be more difficult for us to find peace, hope, love, and to save our lives. Thank you for being part of the GRN family and helping save lives now and for all eternity. This is Len Oswald, president of the GRN with your family minute. We are your Catholic radio. Radio for your soul.
0: Welcome back in to the David L. Gray Show, voicing truth and reason on Guadalupe Radio Network, which is radio for your soul. Father Brian Lynch is a priest of the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis but originally from Queens, New York, and raised in Connecticut. After graduating from East Catholic High School in Manchester, he studied material science at the Pennsylvania State University, where he met hardworking international students whose dedication um, led up the question. What, would be, um, what, what, what was there similar um, in, in his life um, that, that would motivate him in that way? So it's then that he started to think about becoming a priest. He moved to Minnesota in 1994 to work for 3M. And after two and a half years at 3M, five years working in a parish, and four years at St. Paul Seminary, he was ordained a Catholic priest on May 27, 2006. And since 2020, he has been assigned to Transfiguration Parish in Oakdale, Minnesota as the associate pastor. Welcome on to the David O. Gray Show, Father Brian Lynch. Thanks, David. Good to be with you. Hey, it was a pleasure to have you here. And I think I first uh, encountered you uh, on YouTube around this time last year, probably, I think maybe one time before I thought I saw another video, but um, it's really when I first encountered you for the first time. So it's such a pleasure to have you on, on the show to see you face to face. Yeah.
3: Thanks, David. I, um, you know, we had, we had a little, I think we had a little bit of an email correspondence back in 2017. I, um, I was preparing for a presentation on, on Luther and I, um, I, I ordered your book dead on arrival. And Mm. so I, and, and I was working with that. And, uh, so that's when, that's when I first became aware of your work.
0: Oh yeah. Well, thank you for that. Thanks for that. I guess we could, um, I want to pick up on your vocation story because I found it, it, it fascinating that, and I want to ask you this question. And if you have, and if you, uh, if any listeners are, are calling in or listening on your, on the radio, please call in or you listen online calling 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. If you want to speak with father Lynch as, as we move along, or if you have a question, please, um, type it in the chat box. And, oh, we already have somebody in there. Father Eva Hernandez says she was raised in Connecticut. So you, are, you have another Connecticut person already <laughs> watching. What do people in Connecticut call themselves? Like from Ohio, we would call ourselves Buckeyes. What do people from Connecticut call themselves?
3: You know, I think a Connecticut Yankee is probably the most really? common one that I use. You know, a <laughs> Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court kind of thing. So I yeah, call yeah. myself a Connecticut, Yankee. A Connecticut that, Yankee. That seems nicer than a Connecticut
0: yeah, I don't know how to end it. Connecticut, uh, in- yeah. But I say a Connecticut Yankee. Yeah. So you're in college, and so you say you're you're in a, encountering these international students. So what? So what's going on here? Yeah. Were you were you not as passionate as them about well, science, or? You know, I I mean, I loved it, but I was I was I had
3: get I think a lot of us experience this as we get older. You know. I had always been like in the top of the class, not the, not number one, but I was always, uh, I always did quite well. And I was always a good student. Uh, And, and then I, I reached that level where, I mean, I could compete with smart kids from Pennsylvania and do well. And, but I mean, these people were brilliant and, (laughs) <laughs> and so dedicated they yeah. they lived in the lab and i was like wow <laughs> i i couldn't i couldn't do that and it it made me you know it caused me to think you know <laughs> i wonder if there's something where i would not only excel the way i was sort of accustomed to mm-hmm. but be <laughs> passionate enough to want to do it like all the time yeah and I realized when I talked to the kids, I think I said, I realized I wanted to be a superhero. You know, I wanted to be a superhero. And with my upbringing, there were, I'd say there were three general categories of, of superhero. There were uh, people who carried guns Mm -hmm. and people who were, had medical degrees and then, and then priests. Hmm. And uh, I kind of discerned that I didn't, i would because i didn't like i don't really like blood that much those Mm -hmm. first two were not as attractive (laughs) (laughs) and uh and then i kind of discerned well seems like the gifts that i have might line up with the priesthood so that was kind of the beginning of that maybe that's a natural level of discernment it's kind of inventory of of gifts sort of thing yeah and uh that was kind of the kind of the beginning and obviously went further from
0: there. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great story. Because I think a lot of us, when we get to college, we we realize that depending upon what school we go to, you know, you may have that. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's fascinating that you saw passion and you you realize, man, I want that. It, It may not be in science, but I want that for me. I was at I was at a really small school, so it wasn't really challenging academically, at least, you know, at least for me, I didn't think it was, but I was, um, I was on a track team again, good in, in, in high school, right? Regional, good, good time at 800, getting close to the two minute mark, but I get to college and they have all these Jamaicans there from the Jamaican (laughs) And oh my goodness, it's like these guys in the summer. I mean, it's just, and I just couldn't, I just couldn't really they there's just yeah. they they had just a different mentality and so yeah man yeah. so I really I love that story cuz I have a similar experience
3: <laughs> sure yeah i think there there's a principle and i don't understand the history of there's something called the uh, apparently the peter principle which is mm, well established yeah. in business where people kind of rise to their level yeah. of incompetence
0: yeah yeah <laughs>
3: and i think it's, it's related to that i think you you know you continue to rise and then um you know i guess you know, you have a choice to make, am I gonna, am I gonna, um, you know, what am I going to do when I recognize that? And that, that's, I guess what I, I tried to answer that question. What do I do now?
0: Yeah. 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 sounds like your next book, um, Peter principle the spiritual life. So we we, we, we can talk about that if you need a publisher, but, uh, (laughs) but I want to transition for a moment. Cause there's a lot of things I want to speak with you about father um Brian Lynch. Um but I want to transition to a moment to um a year ago. Because I want you to kind yeah. of take us back to where we yeah. were. What were we thinking then? Yeah. And I want you to give a <laughs> reflection on like <laughs> where where are we at now? Where are your thoughts a year later? So siso if you could play yeah. clip number play clip number <laughs> one.
3: The readings are just fantastic. Um and and so good for today. The um I was reading the the response to the psalm Kindness and Truth Shall Meet that that is not going to be fulfilled in your hearing today if that's what you came for you're not going to get it here you'll have to go somewhere else Um, i would like to acknowledge that um, this has been an extremely emotional week and i have a number of very intense emotions raging within me that I am battling to keep under control, which is the, it. which I think is correct. There are lots of reasons to have very strong emotions this week. And if you have not had them, you may not actually be functioning properly.
0: Functioning properly. That, when I re- when I watched that homily a year ago, I thought you are so passionate. I had never seen much like that in a homily. So just take us back there to that moment and, and bring us up yeah. to today a year later
3: yeah well um you know the, when as I was sort of uh, you know, watched it again for the first time in in months and months and months I haven't watched it all that many times but I was there when it happened <laughs> it, it, it seemed to me that I did a, what you call like uh unscripted or off code episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh yeah, so it was of course it was the it was right after um Biden's inauguration and um you know I was upset I wasn't I wasn't rooting for him. I was rooting for somebody else in that election and um a lot of you know I don't I don't I I guess at the risk of being you know, labeled as being very uh, simplistic and I guess I'm a one-issue voter. I guess, you know, that's, that's I'm a one-issue voter and I was rooting for the the pro-life candidate and I thought that, um, I guess along that superhero theme, I guess, you know, I've always kind of imagined that I was supposed to fight evil as a priest and, you know, not a street fight, Usually, but uh, but fight evil fundamentally, and it's the, and um, what really came out in that the passion in that homily is that I I feel like in my role I think as a as a parish priest is a sort of a foot soldier, hmm. and I just felt like the generals who are drawing up the 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 the, the plan for the war. Um, didn't supply the tools that we needed to be successful, and so I was—I was really hurting. I, I think that's you know, and that I'm good at being angry, which <laughs> came out in that uh, homily. But uh, you know, underneath that is a real hurt of feeling, yeah. and I said that I said as much. Uh, basically, a feeling betrayed. Yeah, and uh, so there was a hurt of betrayal which you know, right or wrong, you know, and I, I'm willing to have somebody tell me I'm completely You know, you're completely wrong father. We did not betray We've never betrayed you as bishops. We've mm-hmm. never done that. It's something's wrong with your perception. And I'm open to that, but I felt betrayed the way I, I'm sure lots of people feel betrayed in, in various relationships and circumstances. And yeah. so I was speaking from a great deal of hurt and, um, not, you know, not. I suppose not completely selflessly. I mean, I, it was a personal feeling that we hadn't been supported to sort of um, defeat an enemy. Which I, I, I use, and I use that language, and I think some people don't like it. But Jesus used the the language of enemies, and I and I and I think that's. I don't. I think if we don't acknowledge that some people are, are, are enemies. And he said, we have to love them, but, but they, in some respects they are enemies. And if you take some of that language out of, out of the gospel, it no longer makes sense. Um, So I, I felt uh, you know, and I was Archbishop Gomez that he made a statement uh, like a a day or two after, or maybe the day of the, uh, the inauguration, you know, about, Uh, And it was a a good statement, but I was upset because I thought, well, if we had if we had said these same things about three months earlier, we could have had a different outcome, which I think would have been better. For in my simplistic mind, as a one issue voter, so um, that's where I was coming from. Whether that's a sophisticated and 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 true way of perceiving reality or not, that's where I was. That's where I was coming from.
0: Yeah. And how did immediately after, how did like, like, you know, I know sometimes after mass, you know, parishioners would come up to a priest and they may, I don't tend to do, you know, tend to comment on priest homilies. Cause I don't want to, you know, sometimes priests don't, don't like that. But um, what, what, what were some of the things that were that were said to you like right after was there other people that were feeling a sense of anger?
3: You know, I don't, I don't remember a lot of, um, my my sense is that in the initial, there was a certain uh, a certain normalcy afterwards. I had I had no idea what was begin, going to come of it. I I, okay. I had I had no idea what was going to come of it. And um, you know, I think a few people said things, but it was certainly not overwhelming feedback uh, right after mass. Yeah. Um, but then it was like. Uh, soon after i started to hear rumblings and and uh and and then i learned that um it had been picked up by different people <laughs> so i yeah i don't know how all that works but it, yeah. somebody found it and yeah,
0: yeah 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 it went pretty viral especially for i mean went catholic viral for, for sure and yeah so where are you at like a year later now here around the anniversary yeah. with with the feeling of betrayal you know
3: um i think uh what i what i've again recognized once again in my life is i can't control what other people do i i can control what i do you know and so in my in the parish here at transfiguration i've been uh, in charge of of organizing uh pro-life activities which hopefully are hopefully are varied enough that people with different temperaments and interests and gifts can can contribute you know the so some of the more conventional um you know parties for the uh for the women's healthcare center and yeah. fundraising for things like that in addition to the the work outside the the Planned Parenthood I I I I rec- I am sort of, I'm sort of proud. I kind of, I feel like I got a promotion. I'm the, uh, I'm the official sidewalk counselor on Tuesday morning uh, is uh, at at the Planned Parenthood in, uh, in, in St. Paul. And so, um, you know, I think before that it was easier for, and maybe especially when a pro-life, when we had more pro-life politicians in charge it was easier to sit back and think oh uh, they'll they'll make it happen but when yeah. when this yeah. outcome came out I gotta do something I gotta yeah. I gotta get out there and um so I really like I like being on the front line I like being there and also kind of um, in addition to trying to want to be present to the to the women who are going there, many of whom go, of course, and there's so much to talk about, as you know, Dave. Like so many of them are going there against their will, and yeah. what sometimes only psychologically, sometimes physically forced um uh-huh. under threat of violence. You know, not only to be present to the women, but also to be present to the workers. You know, I I want them to convert. I want them to change. And it, yeah, so that you know, I guess do sort of doing more, and it has been, the um has been what I, I've done since, since the homily, I'd say. Yeah,
0: yeah. And we're speaking with Father Brian Lynch from Transfiguring, Transfiguration Parish in Oakdale, Minnesota. He's associate pastor there. If you have a question or a comment from him, please call in or um, uh, chime in in one of the chat boxes. The phone number here is 877- Seven five seven nine four two four again. That's eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. And I think the um, as some people are commenting in the in, in the chat box, I think what you were talking about in your homily, just the feeling of, of being hurt. I, I think the last election, federal election, presidential election, changed a lot of us in just some fundamental ways about how we approach what matters and how what we do, what we can do. And I know, for me, um, I, I kind of lost hope in like legislative solutions. And so I have really been trying to, okay, what can I really affect, right? And I think it comes down to individual people. And, and um, I just can't, I just don't believe I can affect Legislation, like I used to think I could, just by going into the ballot booth, right? Yeah, (laughs) and I think the ballot in the ballot booth for me used to be like this sacrament. You know, you go there and you, you know, it's like the sacramental quality to it. You go there and there's some sort of change when you leave. But I don't believe in that no more, and I don't think you know. Obviously, that wasn't a teaching of Christ, obviously. But uh, yeah, yeah, I I, I think yeah, go ahead. I think I think
3: for me, a a shift has happened where it is from other. You know, I, I think we we. uh, we are in some similar circles of people we listen to. And, um, uh, so, um, I've been, I've become convinced that, uh, that the, if the issue gets, if the abortion issue gets put down to the state level, then mm. we have a better chance of making change. Cause like, you've got these enormous States like California that and New York that are gonna overwhelm us, it seems. And, But if we can get if we can get this this most uh, uh, recent ruling, if we can get them to say, you know, let the states sort it out on their own, then I think it's more likely that some states will will be able to make progress with legislation the way Mississippi is is trying to do in other in other states.
0: Mm -hmm. And I was in Cleveland at the right uh, the right to life in Cleveland had a, a march for life this past weekend. I was up there and um. It seems like a lot of a lot of Catholics and you know uh, Protestants of goodwill seems like they're they're really hopeful about how Supreme Court might rule on the Mississippi 15-week abortion ban. Where 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 are you at on the issue?
3: Yeah, yeah, I am I am hopeful that I am hopeful that, and I don't understand all the legal the legal implications, but I'm under the impression that an outcome might be that they will say that the the federal government can't interfere in these state laws, that, Mm -hmm. that states, this is a state's uh, rights issue and that they are able to do that. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm optimistic about. And and then I, I, I know that some states will, will do all they can and they already have to, um, to uh i don't even know the right language to to murder babies. they want they want their, they can't get enough murdering right. babies you no, know so big, yeah. but that but some but some in the generally in the south and especially the southeast will mm-hmm. will um will be able to make those laws and and then people ha- can make difficult decisions about where they want to live and and what they yeah. you know what 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 they want to support. So yeah, that's what I'm I'm hoping that that's the outcome.
0: And I noticed that I think that organizations like Planned Parenthood and all these little smaller ones around the country, I think they've been planning on that. I, I really don't think they, they thought <laughs> Rover's way was was going to hold up indefinitely because it just wasn't it wasn't jurisprudence. So but but so I noticed that it's been this massive shift now to chemical abortions, right?
3: Oh yeah, and um, I almost forgot about that. But
0: yeah, yeah, is oh. that you know with with abortion outside abortion mills? You know we can stand outside there, we march, we protest, we do sidewalk counseling, we do what we can while we can. You know we pray for the counselors outside of there. Oh Father, oh. we're up in in Cleveland, so we're outside the abortion mill there. It's called Preterm. So so we're out there praying a the rosary. And so some of the abortion workers, they come out in these vests that are like the rainbow flag colors. First of all, strange. It's like doubly demonic now. But then they start playing like Nicki Minaj rap music to try to drown out the rosary. Oh, sure. I mean, what type of demonic activity have you noticed when you're out there? Yeah, well the
3: the to to be to be fair the workers there seems to be for the employees there seems to be a strict code do not engage with Mm. the um counselors um the work the worst and it's not too bad i mean the um you know for those of us who have have played sports i mean we've had people screaming at us on the from the other team and stuff so i mean i was a wrestler so nobody's physically attacking me (laughs) but um you know yeah i've had you know people drive by and yell obscenities and um more recently i had a fella come and he he, i think he was unwell he was screaming he was standing on the other side of the driveway and he was screaming it seemed like he learned a bunch of like rhyming catchphrases at some kind of uh uh abortion enthusiast rally he had these little slogans that mercifully i i don't remember anymore but they were like little sing-songy things and of course i can't say anything you know and i'm not supposed to be there because i'm a guy you know and so i can't possibly so i am a bad person and and you know i shouldn't have any say in anything so yeah. i mean there's a lot of that stuff gets and, and then i guess the, some of the stuff that's more disturbing is like uh people that give me the the impression that they're Christian and think uh, uh, Mm. that what I'm doing is wrong. Like you shouldn't be praying on a street corner. Jesus doesn't. And all this, this uh, weird Christian, like they think it's Christian to be against me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I, I don't know. It's a strange thing. Yeah. The Jesus that some people know is, is, is quite a different person than the one who a lot of us do know.
1: We're speaking with yeah. Father
0: Brian Lynch from Transfiguring Parish. And O'Day. we're speaking about his video that went viral last year around this time, talking about um, some of the thoughts he was having about the federal election that gave us Joe Biden. And there, I have a couple comments, Father, before So after we're going to read a couple of these comments, then let's see if we can spend the last six minutes or so. Just talking about some 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 of your thoughts on uh, the 500-year Protestant reformulation oh, yeah. that we saw, yeah. but Jim chimes in on the YouTube live stream saying we're praying for the same outcome, Father, and Joe from Joe also from uh, YouTube he chimes in and says he has a question. He says, uh, Father, are you getting interaction? I guess back at that time from other priests who are from um, that he would say the progressive, politically progressive left side. At a political spectrum so did you like from like i don't know we could put a name out there like a um, a particular jesuit did you get like feedback (laughs) feedback from any of those groups
3: no really none um the only i i had a i had a little back and forth actually on your youtube channel with some uh, a priest i can't remember what we were he was obviously more progressive than me but no almost almost nothing from from any any yeah. priest, but encouragement from, like the, the the little club of guys on complicit clergy. A couple of those guys <laughs> reached out to me.
0: That's good. And, uh, That's good support.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but over overwhel- hundreds of letters of support from people. Almost no, uh, and and maybe, and I I probably deserved more pushback, but um, but I I just didn't get any really. So yeah,
0: yeah. um, yeah, and we're so happy about that because you know we we worry when we see when we see that when we saw that video that you know how would you be treated by your ordinary you know by your bishop and things like that so we're happy to see that um you know that you're you're doing well uh, you're still associate pastor yeah so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought, yeah i thought yeah i thought your interest in luther was interesting because a lot of converts you know like me you know we, we we go that route like oh Protestantism is bad catholicism is true hmm. but yeah you did not really have that same journey uh because you know you you're but so what was yeah talk a little bit about that whole that whole what, topic
3: and i mean shameless self-promotion i was in this town uh for five years it was it had to be God's providence bell plain minnesota 2017 was like my year um you know, it was a, it's a Lutheran town in my estimation, Okay. a uh, Bell Plain, Minnesota, a couple, it had, there was an ELCA parish, a, a stone's throw from mine, and, and then uh, Wisconsin Synod a little bit further, and a bunch in the surrounding rural community, a bunch of Lutheran churches, and there's a, a Lutheran home there, and their headquarters there, I think, so um, I was very aware of of Lutherans. And, and one of the ways I described the difficulties right or wrong was that everyone in my parish had a grandmother, a mom, a sister, or a granddaughter who was Lutheran, who was just a perfect human being. So if anything that Lutherans uh, don't do that, that I'm asking them to do, like go to confession, it can't be important. And it's certainly not necessary. Right. So, um, I was. I wanted to. Um, I was kind of anxious about the 500th anniversary being okay. surrounded by so many Lutherans, and then I. I had. Hopefully, it was an inspiration. Yeah, I said, you know, go on offense, go on offense. So I. I came up with a series of Lynch on Luther, which <laughs> a couple people took offense to, but it's simply my name and his. Lynch, right? Luther. Lynch on Luther. And, and, um, <laughs> And uh, I put ads in the local paper and I was, I just shamelessly went on offense and um, it was good for me. I, I, I put a lot of time into these five presentations. And when what I, what I, what I, I, I came to fundamental, what I believe uh, there's a, there's a, some correspondences between uh, Luther and Erasmus. And, and I, I believe that uh, Luther denies free will and Mm -hmm. because of that his his uh his human his his anthropology and philosophy is completely off and that any merit that he might well he wouldn't like that but (laughs) any (laughs) true theological thought it's all resting on a foundation that denies free will and so it just it's it can't it can't it doesn't work yeah um so that was kind of the What I came to as I wrestled with all of the um, all the issues that that came up from all that those 95 theses Luther himself said, in a in a correspondence that Erasmus uh, was the one who really identified the issue and that the issue was free will. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I find that, too. I definitely got to have you back when we have more time. We have, like, a, a little bit over a minute left because maybe maybe if I can get you back sooner, definitely maybe October 31st, around there. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. <laughs> we could definitely. Oh, get you know, that, David, that
3: would be perfect because in my shameless self-project, I had this really unusual, somewhat singular case of um, of fighting against the Satanic Temple. If you Google, again, shameless, Google Bellplane Satanic Temple yeah you put my name in there i i i had to fight against them and so wow halloween that would be uh that would be uh yeah timely as
0: well <laughs> <laughs> that'd be yeah we definitely gotta do that yeah the the ontological and anthropo- anthropo- anthropological issues are definitely the core you know it's not it's not sola scripture scriptura And I mean, you know, that's, that's a big issue, but it's much, there's a foundation there that's just, just a hot mess. So yeah, definitely want to work through that with you. Father, uh, we have like um, 30 seconds left. Can you um, just give a a final word and and maybe a blessing for everybody who's listening to you?
3: Yeah. You know, you know, big week, um, you know, let's, let's, you know, the, 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 um, the the 22nd is that, that uh, sad anniversary and the, the, the bishops, um, Uh, you know as much as we might want more they do ask that we have a day of of prayer and penance it's in the germ prayer and penance and uh so let's let's pray let's let's do our penance let's go to any number of uh abortion mills to pray and to whatever masses that are offered and and be hopeful and pray for the Supreme Court. We can really, this would be huge if they would, over yes. you know, overturn Roe, it, it could be huge. And, um, right. yeah, so I'll, can I give you my blessing?
0: Yeah, we got three seconds.
3: May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy <laughs> Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Father.
0: Appreciate you coming. I'll talk to you next time. And thanks for tuning in. We'll be back same time next week, same place. And I look forward to conversing with you again. In between time, you can visit me at davidlgray.info. But until then, until next time, remember, Jesus loves you and is there for you. And live your life like salvation matters. And may the blessings of our Lord graces and favors fall upon you and yours. Thanks, Father.